Good morning. As always, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. It was French writer, I may not get this name right, Jean-Baptiste Alphonse Carr, who is credited with having said, the more things change, the more they uh, remain the same. Long before Carr's statement, King Solomon made the declaration, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. And if I understand these statements and Solomon's statement in particular, uh, the overarching idea is that while the nature of change may be different, uh, change itself is nothing new. Uh, COVID-19 is new, but there have been pandemics before. Uh, social distancing is a new term, but the concept of quarantine is not. And while we may face change that is new in its nature, may we be mindful and thankful for the stability that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, God never changes. Uh, his love for his creation never changes. And his ability to take care of us never fails. Uh, the psalmist, in talking about God's ability to uh, take care of his children in Psalm 78, uh, verse number 72. He declares, so he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. I, I don't know about you. I'm glad that God's ability to take care of us really doesn't have anything to do with us. I I'm glad that God is God all by himself. And while we may have questions uh, God only has answers. While we may wonder what is going on, God has seen this and already seen the things that will be uh, in the future. And isn't it good to serve the God uh, who is able to provide for our needs, care for us, and knows us better than we know ourselves? And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again to Matthew chapter 22, the text that was read into our hearing. We want to read again there verse number 16. Matthew 22, verse number 16. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth, neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. Based on uh, the account here as recorded by Matthew, we want to use this morning as a subject, he practiced what he preached. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees sent their disciples uh, along with the Herodians. And if you understand anything about these different factions, 
the Pharisees and the Herodians were not friends by any stretch of the imagination. But there is that old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And we see that at work here because while the Herodians and the Pharisees are not friends, they have in common that they view Jesus as an enemy. And so the Pharisees send their disciples, and I find it interesting that they didn't go themselves. They send their disciples along with the Herodians in an attempt to trap Jesus in his words. And this gang, though dishonest in their motive, were accurate in their flattery. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying flattery is good. I'm just saying what they said was true. Saying the right thing for the wrong reason doesn't stop it from being true. Their words to Jesus were effectively, you practice what you preach. And this statement, as insincere as they were in saying it, was in stark contrast to the ones that had sent them. Because while Jesus practiced what he preached, the words of Jesus concerning the Pharisees, one chapter over in Matthew 23, and starting at verse 2, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. I just find it interesting that their disciples would come to Jesus trying to butter him up, and they say effectively, you practice what you preach. Now, now we don't mean it, but, but it was true nonetheless. But Jesus says about the ones who sent them, they say and do not. See, while the Pharisees relied on superior learning and supposed superior morality and righteousness, Jesus was a man of character and integrity. Jesus had a servant spirit. And I'm going to use the term preaching and teaching interchangeably here this morning. But understand, all preaching is teaching, but not all teaching is preaching. In the same way, I could say that all walking is moving, but not all moving is walking. See, you can move, you can run, you can skip, you can hop. Now, every time you walk, you're moving. But, but just because you're moving doesn't necessarily mean that you're walking. So I, I'm going to use the terms preaching and teaching interchangeably, but I understand that every time somebody teaches doesn't necessarily mean that they are preaching. But I understand that every child of God is called to teach. Now, not necessarily teach Bible class or deliver a sermon, but, but, but I hope we're mindful of the fact that we teach by our living as well by our speech. I remember the words of Jesus, Matthew 5, verse 16, uh, where he declares, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And, and clearly from the statement of Jesus, what well, we can instruct other than by the things that we say. But when we look at the example of Jesus, that there are some things to notice about uh, uh, Jesus uh, uh, as a teacher. I submit to you, when we look at the example of Jesus, number one, we are made aware of the fact that to teach is to do more than speak. Someone once said, simply because one has a mouth does not mean that it will be put to good use. 
Now, now, I don't know who said that first, but I would have said amen and hallelujah if I had been there when they said it. Uh, 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 the mouth can be a, a dangerous thing. Uh, you remember James warns us in, in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, James warns us to be careful about how we use our mouths. Uh, uh, he, he says mouths can, can be the start of a whole lot of trouble. But only of Jesus can it be said that there was perfect agreement between what he taught and how he lived. Now, that there must be agreement between one's talk and one's walk is a biblically declared fact. In your Bibles, in 1 Timothy 4, verse number 16, Paul said to Timothy, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. In other words, he's telling Timothy, watch your walk and your talk. It, it, be careful with both of those things. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You see, Paul appreciated that people were, will not regard what you have to say if they don't respect how you live. And, and you might be right in what you say, but Paul said, but if your living doesn't match your teaching, then people don't want to hear what you have to say. And I think from that, it can be term, uh, determined that there is more to being right than just being accurate in my information. Uh, uh, it's no wonder uh, that we're commanded to speak the truth in love. See, there's more to being right than just saying the right thing. And, and when we look at Jesus as he interacts with his enemies, uh, 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 his enemies would gladly have used the charge of hypocrisy against him if he had been guilty of such. You know, they weren't shy about name-calling and making up things. In fact, when he stood right before they took him to Pilate, you remember, they resorted to giving false witness against him. But they couldn't make the charges stick because he practiced what he preached. See, now, they would try to twist what he had said, but his life spoke for itself. But looking further there, uh, uh, at the example we have in Matthew 22, and, and really all of the examples that we have in the gospel accounts. But when we look at the example of Jesus, not only do we appreciate that to teach is to do more than just speak, but we also are made aware of the fact uh, that to teach is to desire reconciliation rather than victory. See, Jesus didn't teach with a view to winning arguments or showing that he possessed superior knowledge. And I dare say sometimes with us, and I just mean people generally speaking, sometimes the reason we go round and round is not because there's a truth of the matter, but the reason we go round and round is because we're more concerned about being right than we are about being reconciled. The spirit and mentality of Jesus was very different from that of the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees were ruled by showmanship and superiority. And this we know from the warning of Jesus. You remember Matthew chapter 6, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. They do what they do just to be seen of men. Uh, they aren't doing it because it's the right thing. You know, when you do things because it's the right thing, uh, you don't necessarily need your name to be uh, 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 carried around on a banner and for people to pat you on the back. Well, that wasn't why they did what they did. They wanted to be patted on the back. They wanted people to take notice of what they did. They were all about being seen and being esteemed of men. By contrast, Jesus' desire was reconciliation. 
Uh, uh, there in Matthew 23 and verse number 37, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Jesus said, I, I, I've come, I, I really want to be reconciled. And while we need to be correct in what we teach, the goal is to draw people to Jesus, not get the upper hand in a difference of theology. And when we look at Jesus' interaction with his enemies, it is clear that Jesus wanted something greater than just to be right. And again, we need to be right. We need to speak as the Bible speaks, and we need to stand on the things that are right according to the word of God. But our goal ought to be to draw people to Jesus, not just show that I'm right in my information. And you notice when Jesus interacted uh, uh, with those who were his enemies, Jesus didn't just go for the jugular. You know, you, you, you could come to Jesus, and Jesus could have just, he just could have sent you home with your tail between your legs if he had been that kind of person. And you remember the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? Uh, uh, she comes to him. And she says, I have no husband. Now, Jesus could have read her the riot act. Now, he still said what was right, but he did it in such a way as to draw that woman to God as opposed to run her off in shame. Even in dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he could have read them the riot act. You know, they'd come with a dishonest question. But rather than just, just you know, go for the juggler, Jesus would ask them a question. You know, you, you come ask me a question. Well, let me ask you a question. Now, now, not that I don't know the answer to your question. Now, not that your question can't be answered. But see, I, I'm not into winning Bible fights. I, I'm trying to reconcile people to my father. And then third this morning, when we consider the example of Jesus, when we talk about practicing what we preach, when we notice the example of Jesus, I believe that we find that to teach is to be faithful rather than to placate. And now, if I could stretch it out, to be faithful to the word of God rather than try to soothe people's feelings. The word placate, according to the dictionary, means to soothe or mollify, especially by concessions. And now, in the biblical is sense. Placating means I'm not going to tell people things that rub them the wrong way. I just want us all to be, uh, you know, like Barney, I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. Well, we can't really be happy in Christ Jesus if we're not walking according to what the Bible says is right. And make no mistake about it, we live in a world that desires to be placated. You remember Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 10, the Israelites said, look, look, don't tell us the truth. Speak to us smooth things. Tell us deceits. We live in a world that wants to hear smooth things. Uh, you know, we live in a world that says, don't judge me. Uh, we live in a world that said there is no absolute truth. We live in a world that wants to be placated. But when teaching the word of God, we must be faithful to the will of God rather than attempt to placate the hearts of men. See, the faithful steward of the word of God appreciates that he has no license to change the gospel message. I remember Peter, 1 Peter 4, verse number 11. Peter said, if any man speak, now, now not, not that every man should, 
But if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. In other words, if you are going to speak, then say what God said in his word. Do you remember old Balaam? As much a character as Balaam was, Balaam said at least one right thing in his living. Remember when they came down uh, 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 from Balak and they wanted him to come back and curse Israel? Balaam made the statement, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord to say more or less. And you know, when, when I'm talking about the word of God, that's good to observe. I cannot go beyond the word of God to say more or less. My job as a faithful steward of the gospel of Christ Jesus is to be a parrot. It, my job is to simply say what God already said in his word. The saying is not mine, it's God's. I, I'm just a repeater uh, of information that God has revealed. In, in the church, uh, we need to stand firm on the idea that the seven ones of the will of God are still seven ones. And we ought not be apologetic for what the Bible teaches. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, the Bible said there is one body and one spirit. Now, in that very same letter, Paul identified the body and the church as being the same thing. So if there is but one body, there is but one church. We don't have to apologize for that. I'm just saying what the Holy Spirit revealed. And, and I find it interesting that people don't have a problem with the other ones. You know, there's one spirit, uh, 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 there's a uh, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, people don't argue with the fact about there just being one God, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Well, well, whatever one meant when it was talking to God, it meant the same thing when it was talking about the church. And, and if I don't have a problem with one God, why do I have a problem with one church? If I'm trying to stand on what the Bible teaches. Jesus practiced what he preached. You know, when you think about this uh, 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 corona pandemic, I, I think more than look at uh, 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 the negative side of this thing, here is a great opportunity in the church for us to practice what we preach. We preach all the time that we ought not worry about anything, Philippians 4, 6, because we serve a good God. Well, if God was good before corona, isn't he still good during corona? Uh, yeah, here's a chance for us to practice what we preach. If he was worthy of praise before corona, if he was worthy of praise before social distancing, isn't he still worthy of praise that even though we can't get together like we used to? And, and, and if the word was a light unto my uh, path and, and a, a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet, isn't it still that now? And maybe if I don't have time to do all the socializing, well, thank God for more time to spend in his word. Thank God for more time to spend in prayer. Thank God for more time to spend thinking about him than being consumed about all the other stuff that, uh, that I'm consumed about. Here is a great chance for us to practice what we preach. You know, when people ask us, how are things going? Oh, oh I'm about to lose my mind cooped up in the house. Now, are you really? Isn't God still blessing you? Didn't he bless you with a house to stay cooped up in? Hadn't he been blessing you to eat, even though you, know, you go to the market and you can't find all of the things you might find there uh, uh, on other occasions? It is a wonderful chance in the church for us to practice what we preach. And, and this I know about people. If you want to get people's attention, you know, a crisis tends to do it. 
And you know, if ever people were open to the idea of there being a God and Jesus being Lord, is when times of trouble raise their head. Isn't this a wonderful time to practice what we preach? Yet why are you not losing your mind? Because God is still good. I praised him before Corona. I'm going to praise him during Corona. I'm going to praise him after Corona is gone and whatever the next one down the road may be. Because the words of Jesus still give us reason to be of good cheer. And you remember the words of Jesus in my father's house are many mansions. You know, in the father's house, you don't have to worry about Corona, the flu, arthritis, or any of the other things that trouble us now. In my father's house are many mansions. God still wants to draw men to be reconciled to him. Whatever the state of affairs may be in the world that we live in today, God still stretches out the hand of reconciliation through the gospel of Christ Jesus. And he calls us to be reconciled by uh, hearing the gospel message. John 6, verse 45, Jesus declared, it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Yeah, but all this time people got on their hands, here's a great time to be preaching the good news of Christ Jesus. I'm glad that God has blessed us to be able to reach out maybe in a little bit wider than we can when we normally all here at the building through technology. And who knows who will hear uh, uh, the message. Uh, and, and, and it might be just because they had time on their hands because Corona has us practicing this social distancing. But men need to hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried but raised the third day for our justification. And having heard the gospel message, uh, the Lord requires that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John 8, verse 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sin. He requires that we repent of sin. Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, 5, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repentance, by definition, is a change of mind that leads to a change of living. Having done those things, we make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, Matthew 10, verse number 32, Jesus says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. And even having done all of those things, the master teacher declared in John 3, verse 5, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus requires that we be baptized in water for the remission of sins. And when we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church. And thereafter, the Lord requires that we practice what we preach, that we live obediently according to all the things that are taught uh, in his word. Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Perhaps you're listening to this broadcast. Uh, you want to respond in obedience by being baptized into Christ Jesus. Uh, we encourage you to reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. See, I can always just, just talk to them. I, I don't have to use the email. But, but elders at laurelchurch.net. Uh, we encourage you to reach out to them 
uh, make your request known. We will baptize you at the same time that you indicate uh, that you are willing to receive this salvation. Uh, uh, if you want the church to pray for you, please submit your prayer request uh, to that same email address. Uh, we just believe that the prayers of the righteous will accomplish a great deal. Uh, if either of those are your desire, uh, please contact us through the email as we sing the song of invitation.